Hello and welcome. If your life is going exactly as planned, this is not the podcast for you. But if things haven't gone as expected, you will want to join me, Cheryl Wolverton, licensed political social worker and life coach, as we explore how to make a life when things don't go as expected. I've been helping women face, cope, and thrive with those expected and unexpected transitions and changes throughout my career. And the How to Make a Life podcast provides the best tips and suggestions for those of us facing career changes, health concerns, relationship issues such as divorce, death of a loved one, and much more. Join me twice a month as we explore all areas of well-being, including our mindset, fitness, nutrition, and personal development. And we create the life that you desire. Life doesn't come with instructions. Let's start writing yours. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome to episode two of the How to Make a Life podcast. I'm recording this episode after a week of having almost every client I met with struggle with being overwhelmed with anxiety regarding the events surrounding all of us due to COVID-19. Here in Kentucky, as I know in most places, our governor, who I am just so grateful for, has closed schools, bars and restaurants, salons, and has asked churches not to have services. He's asking for everyone to practice social distancing, and honestly, the overall feeling is surreal, and I know that it likely is where you are also. I was at one of the busiest intersections in Lexington on Friday at peak time, and at my light, there were only eight cars. I also just recently saw a photo on Instagram of Louisville, Kentucky, where four major roads connect and there was not a car in sight. One of my clients shared she'd found herself simultaneously feeling as if she were doing okay and everything was normal and then feeling she needed to freak out and be overwhelmed. And at times, I feel the same. Although I had planned on discussing the topic of our thoughts at a later time, I feel like the information I've been sharing and working on with my clients is important to share with everyone and it will help you deal with the stress and anxiety you're currently feeling and hopefully throughout your life. First, I believe all of us will agree that our brains are extremely powerful. However, most of us are not fully aware of what our brain is thinking and how it is behaving. It takes effort to watch our brain, and as I stated in my first episode, we live a lot of our lives in default and autopilot. And in all honesty, our brain's a little bit lazy and loves to do the same thing over and over. I want to point out at the primitive level, our brain is wired to protect us and it has a negativity bias. What this means is your brain is continuously looking out in the world for things that prove there is danger. I like to say it's like a sonar, constantly scanning and latching onto whatever item or event could be dangerous and harmful or at least it thinks it is, and then yelling at us, see, I told you the world isn't safe. Our brain is basically always looking for evidence for what it is thinking. In so many ways, I feel like our brain can be an uncontrolled toddler going all over the place during a temper tantrum. Today, I want to introduce you to what is called the self-coaching model established by life coach Brooke Castillo. This is a well-defined way of looking at how you're thinking about a circumstance, 
what those thoughts are making you feel and how you are responding to those feelings. Our thoughts can become very uncontrolled in a short amount of time, like going from zero to 300 in a second, and it can feel like we can't control them. But by using this model and method, you will begin to see how you were thinking, feeling, and reacting, and be able to make changes. It truly is powerful, and this is something that I use every day. Nothing that we have ever done or said, nothing that was ever done or said to us has any power over us until we have a thought about it. When an event or a circumstance happens, it does not come with an emotion. The circumstance is neutral until you or I have a thought about it. Now, circumstances are something that we can all agree upon. These are facts that cannot be denied. Such things as, this is a blue chair. My mother died. We are moving. I was laid off from my job. Now, once again, these are all facts that we can prove. Those events in themselves have no emotion attached. We create a thought about these neutral events. We can say such things as my childhood was horrible or this was the best day of my life. It is important for each of us to remember that nothing that happens to us is painful and nothing is wonderful until you have a thought about it. The thought we decide to have is going to determine what we feel. Many of us struggle with providing the answer to how we are feeling and instead give thoughts. It is best when discussing your feelings to keep it at one word, such as I've been using anxious a lot here because that seems to be an emotion we all have in common. But we can also include happy, angry, sad, loving. It's important to note that we don't have any of those emotions without having a thought. Once we have an emotion, we then take an action or behavior. Many of my clients are emotional eaters and they find themselves eating when they are feeling anxious or bored. What we do is work backwards and review why they're feeling anxious or bored. What is the thought they're having that creates the emotion? And for example, the actions taken when we feel loving towards someone are very different than when we feel angry. I know I've shared a lot of information here, and I plan on discussing more about our thoughts in a later episode, but I wanted to provide you with information you can use at this current time in your life. By becoming aware of our thinking and changing the thought, you and I can impact our whole well-being. Before I go today, I want to provide a few examples and how by choosing our thoughts, we can change how we feel and act. I also acknowledge this can take some time to practice and fully understand, and I will provide a link in the comments where you can receive a copy of the model. Now, for some examples. Remember, when we deal with a circumstance, it creates a thought. That thought then creates an emotion. An emotion creates an action, and then we receive a result. It can be helpful to write things down as a way of getting a better view also. A few of the examples I'm going to use today 
are in regards to local small businesses such as restaurants and breweries here in Lexington. So if we take the circumstance that our governor has ordered all restaurants and breweries to cease dining in business, one individual can have a thought that we are not going to make it through an extended shutdown. We've never done carry out. We don't have the savings. The emotion this thought creates is anxiety and fear. The action is possibly inaction where nothing is done. The result is the business may not or cannot make it. Now the same circumstance, which is the governor ordered all restaurants and breweries to cease dining in business, this individual has the thought of how can we keep business running without dining in? We're gonna to move to carry out, we'll try delivery, we can offer new options. The emotion is hopeful. The action is to begin marketing carry out and delivery. Now the result is hopefully the business continues running. I want to acknowledge I know in circumstances like this, even after trying to make something work, it may not. But the difference here is the, in the first thought which creates a different emotion in action or inaction. Another example of an action could be overeating. I work with women who often struggle with overeating and just this week I had a client share she wanted to go get a piece of chocolate after a session. After talking about it, she was able to work backwards and acknowledge she was anxious. The circumstance was her daughter may not have a prom or high school graduation ceremony. Her thought, this isn't fair for my daughter. The emotion was upset and angry. Now her action, what she wanted to do was eat chocolate, which really didn't benefit anyone. And the actual result was she gained more weight and began to feel guilty, or she would have gained more weight and feel guilty. We worked backwards there, and then I tried to help her change her thought. The circumstance is, yes, her daughter may not have a prom or high school graduation, but the thought could be, how can I make this the best situation for my daughter? What can we do differently? The emotion there could be, once again, helpful, some optimism. The action could be to begin exploring connection with other parents and what they could do from a social perspective. The result, you know, is that you do create something in regards to these high school seniors. One last example I want to use is from one of the college students uh, that I work with. Now the circumstance was that she received a 78 on an exam. The thought initially was, I'm not good at the subject. The emotion, depression. The action, unable to study. The result, continue to receive a poor grade in the class. Now this was her old thought process before we began working together. When she was able to change her thought process, this is what's happened. The circumstance, I received a 78 on my exam. The thought, I can do better than this. The emotion, optimism. The action, speak with an instructor, contact a tutor. The end result was an improved grade. I feel that it's also important to note that we can often create thoughts off of what others have said could be happening. Such as last week, I had to have help controlling my own thoughts 
when a friend said she had heard restaurants would be closing, but also that UPS and FedEx were going to stop working and that there wouldn't possibly be a mandate that everyone 65 and over self-quarantine. Now, my thoughts were all over the place. How are we all going to make it? My husband has parents who are in the 70s and 80s. I have an aunt and uncle who are perfectly healthy, but they're both over 65. I became anxious and overwhelmed. And for me, the, the action was just physiologically, my breathing changed. I had tight muscles. I became really overwhelmed. Now, what I did was I stopped myself into regards to what I knew at that time. Not necessarily what someone had said to me, and they had heard that from another person also. You and I have to be aware that we often feed off of the anxiety and thoughts of others without stopping to look at the circumstances. Those circumstances are the facts. Remember, we all can agree upon those. These have been just a few examples of how becoming aware of our thoughts can impact our lives. It's so important to recognize our thinking about situations can often cause us to have negative feelings. I hope this episode helps you in regards to viewing situations differently. Our thoughts are powerful beyond belief, and they can help us do amazing things, or they can keep us frozen. As always, I want to thank you for choosing to spend your time with me today. Remember to become aware of what you're thinking and what you need. Until next time, take care of you. If you loved this episode, I would be honored if you subscribe, leave a short review, and share this episode with your friends. Continue the conversation with me on Facebook at How to Make a Life Health and Life Coaching and on Instagram at How to Make a Life. If you're interested in receiving my newsletter, Working with me as a client or as a speaker, visit my website at howtomakealife.com. Remember, life doesn't come with instructions. You get to write your own.